Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Patricia Haptar. Pat is an artist who works in acrylic, watercolor, and mixed media. Her love of color, movement, pattern, line, and texture can easily be identified in each piece of her work. Pat studied commercial art in high school and continued her art education through workshops and classes with renowned Canadian and American artists, including Margaret Martin, Denise Spurry, Jane E. Jones, James Kerr, Tony Batten, and John Leonard. Pat is joining us today from Ontario, Canada. Welcome, Pat. How are you today? Great. Welcome to Canada, guys. Yeah, so nice to be. I've talked to a few Canadians, but it's always fun. You're, you know, you're our neighbor, and we like to talk to Canadians as much as we like to talk to Americans. We're <laughs> we're all a go. great bunch of people. We are. Yep. So I see you studied commercial art in high school. What made you want to be a professional artist, and what is your definition of a professional artist? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first off, I. I started art when I was about three years old. Uh, my grandmother was an artist and I would sit by her and she would talk to me about all the wonderful colors that she saw in various objects. And she has been my mentor from then on, all the way through. And she was a big support when I was in high school, etc. As for the definition of a professional artist, it, <laughs> it's simple in my mind. If you sell your art, or put it up for sale, and somebody loves it so much that they buy it, you're now a professional artist. That is a simple definition, and that makes sense. If someone's it's willing simple. to pay you, you're a professional. That's like, right. Like anything else, right? Like any other... Um, yes, like any other profession, and like, like any other profession, your work will be scrutinized by other professionals. And you need to learn to develop a, a thick skin because people will say all kinds of things about your art. Some of it very kind and lovely and some not so much. And that's okay too. Uh -huh. um, but it's better it, it's better if you um, develop a thick skin about it and not get really upset because every piece of art is different. Every person who looks at it sees it differently. Just because you do something different, it doesn't make it wrong. That is so true. Look at our famous artists from the past. The ones that started <laughs> a whole new trend. They were doing something very different at the time. And sometimes they didn't get any recognition until way later when they were dead, unfortunately. That's, that's right. Exactly. And a lot of very good artists in the past and in the present, they... Um, will use other artists as their inspiration. So they may uh, copy some of their work, which cannot be put up for sale. I want to say that to start with. You cannot do that. It's against copyright laws, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not to say that you cannot copy it to, to learn from it, to 
try their techniques to apply it to your own work. And that's been done for thousands and thousands of years. Right. And that sounds like a good idea. Copy it to learn those strokes and techniques that you can see that they used. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So you work in a variety of mediums. Do you have a favorite medium that you like? Oh, my goodness. It depends on the day, <laughs> but I, I love working in acrylic. Acrylic is very forgiving. And if you are starting out, it would be my uh, suggestion that perhaps you start with acrylics. Watercolor is, it's a beautiful medium and I love doing watercolors. The only issue with watercolor is it takes, it, they're difficult to correct. They can be corrected to a point, but with acrylic, paint over it, do it again. It works. You know, just let it dry and paint over it and, you know, Bob's your uncle, keep going. So that works. Yeah. So it does make it easier. And like you said, especially for someone who's just learning and just getting into art, that's a good medium to start with because you know you're going to need to make corrections when you're new right <laughs> well that that's it and and uh you know give yourself a little slack yeah. you know um it's like it's I, I liken it to learning piano because it takes time and lots and lots and lots of practice to become good give yourself a break you're not going to be uh michelangelo to start with yep. or a Janie jones to start with whose work i absolutely love and she's a fabulous American artist. So is Denise Spirit. I love their work, but you're not going to be able to do that immediately. No. There's, there's no way. So relax, enjoy, and putter away. Right. And for us boomers, it's a great time to start doing that. You know, if you've always and, felt like you had some artistic value in you, why not just start and see what you can do? Well, exactly. It's only paint and it's only canvas. Yes. And you can go to places like the, well, I'm, I'm assuming in the U.S. There, there's uh, an equivalent to what we have as a dollar store. Uh, you yes. might go to Walmart. Walmart works too. Mm-hmm. They have inexpensive acrylic paint, inexpensive canvas, inexpensive brushes. Start with that. Right. And I mean, they're not ideal, but they work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you feel you know, you want to move on, you can do so and integrate other things slowly rather than going out and spending a huge amount of money because professional grade paint is extremely expensive, both in the US and Canada. And for beginners, it's not needed. No, you, you've got to learn their, your techniques first and how to hold the paintbrush and the strokes and all. And, you know, use the cheaper paint, like you said, before you get yeah, into absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. absolutely. So you're an art instructor for the Niagara Pump House, Niagara Art Gallery, Port Colborne Art Association, Capital Arts Market, and you have your own studio for, open to students during the week. That sounds like a busy schedule. Do you have any time for yourself? I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with the groups, I may be, I may be working for one or two of them during a month. And the rest of the time, I, I would have people at my studio. So in my studio, because of the pandemic, I cut everything down to one day and I only have 
one, and oh, I should say the maximum is three students that are allowed at the studio and everything has to be COVID compliant. But it's great fun because they want to learn different things. And I'm happy as three clams to show them whatever it is they would like to do. Yeah. And it's, they're amazing. They do some really amazing things. Yeah. And some people are born with kind of a natural talent. My husband's very artistic and he's done oil paintings in the past, some watercolors. He hasn't painted in years, but he's thinking of getting back into it. But my kids all have some talent where I have absolutely no talent when it comes to art. I'm creative in other ways, but but not as far as painting. I can't paint to save my life, but they can all do it. They're all good. Well, you know what? Pick up a brush and give it a try. I wouldn't show it to them right away. <laughs> just, just right. you know, kind of behind their backs, do it for a little while, and then all of a sudden present them with one and say, huh, look what, what I, I found. And I wouldn't say it was yours. I would just wait and let them uh-huh. get all the vibes off it and see, yeah. and say, thank you very much. It's mine. <laughs> There you go. Uh, so you were recently commissioned to do a piece on climate change. Tell us a little bit about that, because we were talking about it the other day, and it sounded very interesting. Well, it's it, this is not a, a commissioned piece. This is a piece that I was asked by another member of the Niagara Art Collective if I would be interested in becoming involved with this particular project. Mm-hmm. That another art group is doing, which is NAC, and I'm I'm I've actually also uh, joined that group. They're the Niagara Arts Collective out of St. Catharines, Ontario, and they are doing this for a fundraiser to support a group that is actively involved with a climate change project. So um, anyhow, I I have not done an installation piece before. Mm-hmm. But this has become one, and it's really interesting to do. I had to do research on it, of course, because some of the things that you think you know, you really don't. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that what you're putting out there is correct, because it is going um, for a specific uh, uh, reason. So I worked on it, and as I'm, as I'm painting it, in the background, in my head, Words kept coming over and over and over again. And along with that was a beat, and it was a drum beat from an indigenous drum. And so when I finished the piece, I thought, I've got to write this down. And I had written some of the words down, and then I I formalized it into a free-form poem. And my next conundrum was, okay, that's great. Good for you. (laughs) Who's going to see this? Uh, How are they going to know it's related to what you've done? So I, I have, and and the other thing was drum beats. Where am I going to get that? And I wanted to be um, very aware or very conscious of the fact that they needed to be indigenous and not something that someone has created thinking that they've got an indigenous beat going. So I have a tech friend, bless him. And he, there may be a knock at the door because Eric, uh, that's his business and he's all over the place and he's trying to accommodate me. But I said to Eric, I said, I need something that has a motion detector that also has audio with it. And uh, so he goes online, emails me back. He says, 
Is this what you're looking for? Okay, fine. And um, I had given them the parameters that it had to be under $100. So I have it. Uh, thanks to Amazon. They were excellent at getting it to me. So we have, Eric also happens to be a musician. And he said to me, he said he thought he had loops of indigenous drum music and he sent them some of them to me asked if they would be okay and he's creating a loop of them so that they can be played in the background and then he can play with the um, the uh, volume of sound so the sound gets louder as the poem is read and then all of a sudden there's dead silence and the silence indicates that no one has listened to climate change and we're no longer here. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. And and the actual um, painting is meant to be part of a, a warning, but it also has the idea that we're all in this together and we need, we need to support each other. It's not just um, an individual or an individual country, it's worldwide and we have to do this. Right. However, we can manage it mm-hmm. and we need to start listening. Wow. And that this this message has been coming to us for hundreds and hundreds of years as people have seen things change. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So but it, that's going be to be powerful. That really will. That will be powerful. Well, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it, it's going into be jury. I want to say April. April. Wow. So we hope. So- so when someone walks up to the painting, it will start playing the music and the poem will, will come on. Yes, that's that the is- idea. And then as soon as they as soon as they leave, like the poem is not long. It has about, I'm going to say maybe six lines to it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I didn't want anything overly burdensome or one that you have to stand there and ponder what the heck, right. you know, is this person trying to get through? I right. wanted it very succinct. And I wanted it so that not only adults could understand it, but young children can understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, my conundrum was like, how do you do that in uh, the setting of a gallery where you're not annoying people? If if all I could get was the audio and this thing's continually right. looping, right? People might get a little upset. <laughs> So that's why I I needed to have the motion detector. So it only came on when somebody came near it. Right. That is so smart to do that. I don't know that I would have thought of that. I don't know that any other artist has done that. This is an amazing idea. I think there there probably has been. I, I think I think artists, some of the artists that do installations probably have done something similar. But as I say, it's it's totally new to me. This is a first installation piece. In fact, I didn't even realize I was doing an installation piece until, <laughs> I, until I got doing this poetry and wanted to add this and that to it. But uh, oh, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you're well, going to have to let us know how it goes. I well, I, I will let you know. Yeah, I bet <laughs> everyone will be gathered around your painting more than any others because it's oh, going to be unique and there's sound with it. It's just so many other components. I'm going to take you to the jury and have you play in their ears. There you go. (laughs) I like that. I like that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Right. It does. It absolutely does. (laughs) 
So it sounds like art really feeds your soul as well. And I think for a lot of artists, it is. They're trying to get out what's inside of them through their art, correct? Yes, I I think so. It's been, for me, with um, particularly with the pandemic, I had a period when the pandemic first hit here and they, they locked everything down. I really didn't know what to do with myself, which was weird to start with, because usually I'm very busy doing things. And the first couple of weeks were okay. But when the third week came along, Mm. I got very down and very depressed for about three weeks. And then I thought, enough, this is enough. Life goes on, get down in the studio, get working. And uh, that's what I did. And uh yeah. So then when when we did have breaks uh, where we could get out, the the galleries that I'm associated with, they they still took work. But again, it was very difficult because the galleries were shut down as well during parts of this. And, right. you know, things opened, closed and, and whatever. But anyhow, we we got through it. And my students were anxious to come back each time that everything was opened enough for them to come. I mean, you know, I would spray everything down with Lysol and Lord knows what to disinfect everything in down here in the studio and gallery area where they come. Right. And it got to the point where I actually thought, you know what, I should just have them stand still and I'll just spray them <laughs> and then everything will be fine. Right. You know, it's just, yeah, it's been tough for people for the past couple of years. It really, it really has. has. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has had to pivot. And re- with real estate, we, uh, which I do part time, we were locked down for about, I think, in the United States for three or four weeks. And then we opened back up with a lot of different protocols. Um, so that has worked for us. People were able to go and see homes and we would wipe everything down before they came. After they went through, we'd wipe everything down again. And of course, they had to yeah. wear their gloves and their masks and everything. Yeah. So, you know, but we got through it so people could continue to buy homes because you need places to live and there's times when people just have to be able to buy so well that's it you know uh, if if you're moved for a job or you know if a parent gets ill or whatever the case may be yes you you need to be able to do that right so we we worked through that too and a lot of other people pivoted it and they did things on zoom rather than in person so and a lot of people wrote books. Let me tell you, there were a lot of people writing books during COVID. So, you know, people, because they couldn't get out and do anything, that's what they did. They wrote books or they sang, yeah. they did their music, they did Zoom yeah. calls. So we learned to yeah. pivot. So I think a lot of good came out of this, but, you know, there were a lot of bad things too. And a lot of people's um, incomes were affected by this. So there are yes. a lot of things that weren't so nice. Yes. But I think we learned a lot about ourselves too during this process. We did, for sure. And I mean, you're right to bring up Zoom because Zoom in itself, I mean, I'm not a very technical person, but it was a it was a real blessing because I could conduct my classes. I could have the girls at home. They could set up their stuff. We could connect. I could still teach them. And that was cool. And we did that with several of the clubs as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would do, you know, weekly classes or whatever. And uh, it was, it was a great way to um, keep people motivated and happy and, and get our minds in a, 
in a better space than what they had been. Absolutely. Because otherwise, it's so easy to get depressed. You need to get out there. And we're social beings. We need to be with people. And even though Zoom isn't the best way, it's better than nothing. You see that other person's face and you're talking to them and we need that. We really do. Absolutely. And and this is how we, we communicate with our family during that time too. Yes, me too, as well, which is really nice. So, so how can my audience find you if they'd like to connect with you, get more information about what you do? They can go to my website, which is simply www.patriciahalfdar.com. And you will see some of my work up on there, some samples of it. You'll get an idea of what I'm doing. You can subscribe to a newsletter. So that's the that's the basic way to uh, to contact me and, and get in touch with me. Right, right. And and if you live within 200 mile radius of Pat's home, then I think you can do in person classes. But otherwise, maybe if someone really wanted to study under you, they could do it through Zoom. They could absolutely do it through Zoom, mm-hmm. and that can be that can be arranged. And you can simply. Go to my email, which is patriciahalfdar.com. No, sorry, I got that wrong. Patriciahalfdar at gmail.com. Short-circuiting this morning. And I'd be happy to set up a a Zoom class if you would like to do that. Yeah. In any of the mediums that I work. Great. That would be wonderful. Wonderful. So thank you for being my guest today. I know the information you shared will be very helpful to anyone who wants to develop their creativity through art, which boomers have more time. So now is a good time for us to develop our creativity. Everybody has it, but everybody I think has it in different ways. So this uh, painting is one way. Um, writing a novel or, or writing a book is another way. So, but I bet a lot of people would like to just have fun with art and start using a paintbrush and paint. Yes, it's it's a lot of fun. And the other thing is, if you're not into paintbrushes so much, mm-hmm. you can do things like collage. And it's, it's, it's a fun thing to do. You simply use stuff you have on hand and a little bit of glue. And you can even do them for a substrate. You can use a piece of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And some people have made some really beautiful things See, I think that would be more my style because I'm good at putting things together and, you know, maybe just to positioning different things. That is something I think I could do rather than paint. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it. all of those things are, are lots of fun to do. And yeah. Um, yeah. And we need more fun in our lives, right? These well, last two absolutely. years have been a little rough. We need some fun. Yeah, we do, for sure. We do. So thank you, Pat. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for all of the information. And anyone who's been listening today that didn't have a chance to write down Pat's web address, you can find it on kickassboomers.com. You'll see Pat's picture there. Click on it and all the show notes will come up with her website and her email and all of that information. So feel free to email you, right, Pat? Absolutely. Great. I'd be delighted. Good, good. Thanks so much, Terry. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you. Nice meeting you too. Bye. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.